Thanks for checking out the Oasis Church podcast from Camden, Arkansas. Each week we share the message from our Sunday worship service. Join us anytime. More information at camdenoasischurch.com. I heard a story this week that I thought was pretty interesting. There was a family and they traveled over to the Holy Land. And while they were there, the unexpected happened. The mother-in-law, she passed away in the Holy Land. Man, the family couldn't believe it. Well, the daughter was so shook up. She said, hey, listen, I want you to go. Told the husband, I want you to go and I need you to help kind of take care of this. I don't know what to do. I'm just, man, I'm just rattled right now. So we went and talked to the funeral home and the funeral home told him, said, look, we we have this deal worked out. It's going to cost about $5,000 for us to ship your mother-in-law back to the States. He said, or you can pay $150 and bury her here in the Holy Land. Man, that guy, he didn't even bat an eye. He said, no, I'm going to go ahead and have her shipped back to the States funeral home guy was a little confused. He said, why would you pay $5,000 to ship her back home? Do you like her that much? He said, oh no, it's not that. He said, y'all buried a man here 2,000 years ago when three days later he got up and rose from the get, and I just can't risk that. (laughs) Some of you are like, amen, Billy, amen. Hey, listen, this Easter Sunday, and this is one of my, by far, one of my favorite Sundays. I mean, what's not to love about Easter Sunday, especially this one? It's beautiful outside. Ladies, you got to go to the store. You got to get new clothes and dresses and shoes for this one occasion. It's always good. It's your lucky day. You get to look at a handsome bearded pastor preach to you for 30 more minutes. It's, listen, that's a good thing for you. Here in just a moment, we're fixing to, after we leave here, you're going to go and you're going to hang out, have good food, family and friends. You're going to let your kids hunt eggs. Parents, can we talk about it just a minute? It's crazy to me that they can pick up 2,000 eggs in two minutes, but that takes them four weeks to clean their room. I'm just saying something isn't right here at all. I don't understand it. And then a little bit later that afternoon, you're going to, men, I think you might get a nap today if the Lord's willing. And essentially... Man, that's Easter, is it not? That's, that's really Easter for us. I heard a blonde joke. I don't think a pastor has ever opened up an Easter sermon with a blonde joke. And if you're blonde here, don't be mad at me. This was just the Holy Spirit leading me in this direction. I just want you to know. There were three blondes who passed away, and they were standing at the pearly gates, and old St. Peter comes out, and he said, girls, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make a deal with you. If you can, I'm going to ask a question. If you get this question right, then... Um, then I'll allow you into heaven. But if you get it wrong, you know the outcome. This first blonde, she just jumped up there. She was excited. He says, all right, here's the question. What is Easter all about? And she didn't even think about it. She said, oh, that's the day that we get the turkey and we cook it and we sit around the table and, and we give thanks and we tell everybody what we're thankful for. St. Peter's confused. He said, no, that, that's Thanksgiving. That's not Easter. Sorry. Second blonde jumped up there. I know, I know. She said, that thanks, um, Easter is where old St. Nick, he comes climbing down the chimney and he brings us presents and toys and everything for our kids and our loved ones. St. Peter's like, what in the world is happening? He said, no, that's Christmas. Third blonde jumped up there. She said, I know. She said, Easter is we celebrate the risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. And St. Peter's just like, woo, that's it. But then she said, and um, every spring, the tomb is rolled away, the stone is rolled away, and he comes out, and if he can see his shadow, then it's six more weeks of winter. <laughs> now listen, them girls, they had a hard time understanding what Easter is all about, but not us. We know what Easter is about, do we not? Man, if I were to poll you today and say, hey, tell me what your, 
what your thoughts are on Easter, we would come pretty close to probably about the same thing. It's the day that we celebrate our Savior, our risen Lord and Savior who died on the cross for our sins. And, and I think if you get, said that answer, then hey, that, that's exactly right. But, but here's what um, I've noticed about a lot of our lives. I, I don't think that we see the value or the significance or maybe even the impact of the resurrection that it has in our everyday lives. I think for many of us, when we talk about Resurrection Sunday, when we talk about Easter Sunday, we view it as an event that happened a long time ago. And what happened there on the cross and resurrection has direct, immediate impact in my eternal security. When I leave this place, I'll be secure in heaven. It's an event that happened a long time ago, and its only real big bearing on my life is is, is my heaven salvation for forever. Our perspective of Easter is we celebrate the past and we wait with anticipation of the future. But today, today is just a day about pastel colored clothes, Easter eggs, food, family, and friends. And for many of us, it's Easter. We know that Easter is going to make a difference in our future, but for many of us, if we're honest, Easter really has no significance in our Mondays, in our Tuesdays, in our Wednesdays. And I think that's why this passage of scripture that we're going to look at today is so important. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go and turn with me to John chapter 11. This is the part where most preachers are preaching on the resurrection story, but man, there's just something else that that God has just pressed upon my heart that I want to share with you about the resurrection. This Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. It's the most pivotal moment in human history because this is the one thing, the resurrection, that our entire faith rests on. Hey, did you know that Christianity wouldn't work without the resurrection? Our faith would be dead without the resurrection. The church wouldn't exist without the resurrection. Our spiritual lives would be useless without the resurrection of Jesus. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Don't turn there. Look on the screen with me. He said this in in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 17. And if Christ has not been raised, if Christ has not been raised, if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people to be pitied. In other words, if this is it, if it's wake up and go to your job and come home and raise kids every day, Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, day after day, over and over, if this is it, then all of this is pointless. The power of the resurrection tells us that there's more to it than this. There's life here and now, and there's life after death, and it's all found and bound in the person of Jesus Christ. What I want you to know today, the resurrection isn't just limited to Easter Sunday. You hear me? The resurrection is not just limited to Easter Sunday. Matter of fact, it's the exact opposite of that. All throughout the Bible, all throughout history, we see that the resurrection is essentially a part of who he is. Listen to me. It's in God's nature to make dead things come alive. Man, I don't want to preach to you today about the resurrection of Jesus. Instead, I want to preach to you about the resurrection in Jesus. The resurrection isn't just something that Jesus did. It's who he is. This is what the Bible says in John chapter 11, verse 25. I hope you're there. If you didn't bring your Bibles, it's going to be up on the screens. Listen to what it says. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. This isn't just something that he does. This is who he is. 
Have you ever noticed that wherever Jesus seemed to go, resurrection always seemed to follow? Hey, can I share just an amazing truth with you today? Jesus never made it all the way through a funeral. You ever thought about that? Jesus never made it all the way through a funeral. He ruined every one of them. They didn't stay dead. They all came back to life again. He couldn't help it. He couldn't stop it. Every difficulty he saw, every challenge he came across, the resurrection power just flowed through him. In John chapter 11 today, I want you to see something and so powerful in the scriptures. I want to take just a moment to give you a little bit of backstory before we get into our story today, a little bit of context. In Jesus' circle, there was always the crowds that kind of came around him. Wherever Jesus went, there were always big, huge crowds. And then if you come a little bit smaller inside of those crowds, Jesus had 12 people he spent most of his life with. We know him as the 12 disciples. And then even inside that circle, there's a smaller circle. You got the three. It's Peter, James, and John. But Jesus also had another circle. But we know these three people as Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And as we come to our story today, something tragic has happened. Their little brother is sick. He's sick to the point of death. And Mary and Martha have done everything they can in their power and strength to help this situation. They went and bought all the essential oils that they possibly could to make their little brother better. It was a joke, ladies, essential oils. I'm just trying to connect with you. Man, they have done everything in their power and strength to make this better. Can I just say this? I just thought that this was interesting. I I think that describes a lot of people today. I think a lot of times we come and we try to do everything in our own power and strength to make situations better, do we not? And it never works, does it? Can I tell you the answer before we ever get to the end of it? It's Jesus. Hey, hey, listen, Jesus can take a good thing and turn it into a great thing. Jesus can take a dead thing and turn it into an alive thing. Jesus brings life. So their little brother, listen to me, he's sick to the point of death, and everything is falling apart. They've done everything they can, and they did what any of us would going to do. They sent for Jesus. They knew that if anyone was going to make this situation better, it would be Jesus. It would be Jesus. It'd be all right if him, if he were to come and lay his hands upon Lazarus, that would work. They've seen that before. If Jesus was too busy with ministry, he could just send the word and Lazarus would be healed. Everything would change and be different. I mean, why wouldn't it? He's the great healer, is he not? Lepers were made clean. The blind could see. The lame could walk. I think the soundtrack for Jesus's life is Jesus. Jesus, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. And on top of all of that, it always helps to have the great physician, a doctor close to your family that you can call on anytime. So, of course, Jesus is going to come, right? I mean, it only makes sense. So here's what they do. They send a runner. They send a messenger to say, with this message, Jesus, the one whom you love, he's sick. Now, listen to what the Bible says in John chapter 11, verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he left immediately. Now, you would think that that's what that verse is supposed to say, but your pastor just made that up. You can't trust preachers, people. That's not what that verse says. Now, you think that that's what that verse should say because that's what we've been talking about because of their closeness, because of the relationship they have, because Jesus, this is one of their smaller inner circles. But that's not what that verse says at all. We would think that he's fixing to drop everything and come running, but listen to me today. He doesn't. Matter of fact, he doesn't even show up. Can I ask you today, has that ever happened to you? Man, let's be honest for just a moment here today. Have you ever been in a situation, 
a desperate situation and you are begging and you are pleading and you are needing to Je- for needing Jesus to show up and you wait and you wait and you look and you look and he never shows up. You ever had that before? Hey, I just want to share something with you. I don't want you to miss this. Their little brother had his whole life in front of him and now it's gone. And to make matters worse, the one person who could have saved his life, that guy, yeah, he doesn't even show up. Happy Easter 2019. In this moment, their world is literally falling apart. I believe the one thing we have in common with Mary and Martha is what they saw then and what we see today talking about Easter and the resurrection is just an event that's going to happen somewhere in the future, but today it plays zero significance and impact in our lives. I mean, listen to her words in verse 24. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Oh, in a sweet by and by someday, yeah, I know I'll get to see him again, but today my brother's gone and you weren't here. I can't help but think that that describes a lot of people today. Our perspective of Easter is, it's good. I'm saved. My eternal security is secure in heaven. But Resurrection Sunday, it doesn't change any of my pains and hurts of today. And my health is still failing. My job is in, I don't know what's going to happen. My marriage is falling apart. My kids, they're kids. My life is... It's a struggle. Oh, but Easter? Easter was good, though. But it doesn't really change anything today. My life is still falling apart. Notice Mary's reaction in verse 32. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here. Hey, Jesus, I'm glad that you're here now, but I really needed you then. Can I ask you again, have you ever felt that before? Have you ever been in a situation where you said that exact same thing? Lord, I needed you, but you weren't here. I think for some of us, maybe for many of us here, something has happened to us in our past that has defined us our entire life. And not only that, but in that moment, that thing, that pain has hindered our relationship with God. It skewed our view of him. And after all these years, it's still impacting our very lives today. Hey, listen, if there's ever been any kind of abuse in your life, neglect in your life, if there's ever been any type of pain or hurt or disappointment or heartache, the question that everyone asks is, hey, where were you? I I mean, come on now. If you're so good and if you're so kind and if you're for me and not against me, then, then where were you? Listen, if you have ever said those words... God, where are you? I want you to know that Mary and Martha, some of Jesus' closest friends, ask the exact same thing. I think the reason why we missed this for so long is because, well, we know how the story ends, do we not? Now, we can read it all in one time, and we see that everything's going to work out. Hey, but if you put yourself... And their shoes for just a moment. In this moment, nobody knows the outcome of what's fixing to happen. Hey, listen, Lazarus is dead. He's not coming back. There are people who are wailing and weeping. There are tears. There's there's heartache here. It's brokenness. It's frustration. And the one who could didn't. And because he didn't, 
They felt alone, abandoned, and forgotten. But man, can I show you something? It's a side of Jesus that is very rarely ever preached on. It's hardly ever mentioned. Look at verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And then Jesus asked Mary and he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And listen to what verse 35 says. Jesus wept. So they come and they take him to this grave. It's really just a cave with, it's dug into the side of a hill with a stone road in front of it. And Jesus comes and he's standing in front of this and he does something that is, um, it is very confusing to me. He starts weeping. And, and that word wept isn't just a cry. Like this is wailing. This is loud, sobbing, chin quivering, tears on full throttle, just coming out. Jesus is weeping, and as I read that, I am so confused. I'm like, Jesus, bro, why are you weeping? You see, Jesus knows the outcome of this. He knows what he's about to do. He knows the outcome. Listen, if you have a DVR at your house, this past college game, college year, the year before that, I'm an Alabama fan. Don't boo me. Just keep listening to me the rest of this message, please. Alabama was playing a game. I hit DVR on it. We had to leave or something. I was trying not to. Men, we, this is what we do. We don't want to see the game. We want to watch it play by play. We want to feel it. All right? So we were out somewhere, and, and all of a sudden, my little ESPN notification, ding, and I was an idiot, and I looked at it. Well, I saw that Alabama won the game. Well, when I come back to the house and I'm watching the game, Alabama is not winning. Like, they are getting their booties stomped right now. But listen, I wasn't worried about it. You know why? Because I knew the outcome. Something's fixing to happen here. It's going to be magical. Stephen's going to do what he does best, and he's going to somehow win this game. I, I, I wasn't stressing about it. So when Jesus knows that he's about to raise Jesus from the grave, so I'm asking this, why? Dude, why are you weeping? Hey, watch what Jesus does. It's so good. Jesus tells her, hey, take me to the place where you laid him. Notice what he doesn't say. You need to hear these words. He doesn't come to everyone and say, hey, stop crying. Get your life right. This isn't that bad. I'm going to fix this. He doesn't tell him, hey, listen, toughen up a little bit. He doesn't tell him, hey, no worries. All things are going to work together for the good of those who love me. He doesn't say, come on, have some faith. You just got to believe. He doesn't say any of that. But isn't that how we see Jesus so many times? Man, that's how we perceive Jesus. With all of our pains and hurts in life, we think Jesus is standing and telling us from heaven, oh, you had a miscarriage? Hey, who hasn't? Oh, you lost a loved one? Hey, join the crowd. Everybody's lost loved ones. Man, that's what we think that he does. Quit doubting. Quit worrying. Have some faith. But that's not who Jesus is. You hear me? That's not who Jesus is. That might be some followers of Jesus. That might be some Christians that have said those words for you when your life has fallen apart. And they're like, hey, it's going to work out. It's going to be just fine. But your life is literally falling apart. Listen to me. Jesus isn't going to come and say those words. Jesus says, I want to go to the places in your life that have so much pain and hurt. And I want to put my arm around you. And I want to weep with you. Hey, don't miss this. He comes, he stops, and he weeps with them. Man, I can't tell you how much I love this. Jesus, before he fixes this, fixes this. he says, I'm just going to be here with you. 
Because even though I'm about to fix this, and I know I'm fixing to make a difference here, it doesn't erase the pain and it doesn't remove the heartache that you've experienced. Man, are you seeing this this morning? Hey, you have to know that the resurrection is not just in an event, but it is a person. And here is Jesus on a normal Monday, maybe a Tuesday, probably a Wednesday. When all of life has fallen apart, here is Jesus, the Savior of the world, and he's weeping with them. Can I share some verses with you? They're not on the screen. Write them down. Listen to what the Bible says, Isaiah 41, verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Psalms 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Psalms 56, verse 8, keep track, you keep track of my sorrows. Are you listening? You keep track of my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one of them. Hey, can I just share this with you? Jesus, he cares for you. He cares about the pains. He cares about the hurts. Everything you have been through, everything you have experienced, all the problems, trials, troubles, he cares for you. I find it interesting that Jesus says, take me to where you laid him. Can you just imagine the hesitation for just a moment from the girls? And they don't want to go there. They just put him in there. It's too soon. It's too early. It still hurts. Can I share two things with you I've learned this week in preparation for today? Only a dead thing can become a resurrected thing. Only a dead thing can become a resurrected thing. That makes sense. Hey, I want you to know here today, and I want to talk to just a specific group of people. Um, If you have never placed your faith and trust in Christ, if you have never come into a relationship with him, I just want to share something with you. You're a dead thing. And I know that probably isn't the greatest thing to say on Easter Sunday, but you need to know that the Bible tells you that you are a dead thing. But I cannot tell you the better part of this. You and I, we serve a Savior who is all about resurrecting things. And he can take a dead thing, your life and where you're at, and you can come into a personal relationship with him. And then all of a sudden, you become a resurrected thing. Listen to what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Hey, listen, every one of us started out to be a dead thing. And the only way you become a live thing, a resurrected thing is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Hey, here in a minute, we're going to have an invitation. Man, if you haven't done that, man, we'd love to share with you from God's word today how and you can come to know him and you can have life and have life abundantly. But the other thing that I learned is this. If you want Jesus to re- resurrect the dead things in your life, he has to go there. If you want Jesus to resurrect the dead things in your life, then he has to go there. I need to ask you, are there any places and spaces in your life that are dead? The places you've buried and covered up, hoping to never see again. The places you don't want to go to. The places you've been avoiding for so long. The places that bear so much pain and hurt. Hey, hear me. Not only does Jesus want to go there, but notice what he says next in verse 38. Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. 
Now, I love Martha. Martha's one of my favorite people. You know what Martha's worried about? She's worried about the smell. Like, if she knew that this was going to happen, she'd brought some, brought some potpourri or scented candle from the house and, and laid in there. I often picture Martha as an old southern lady. Martha's like, now, Lord, just hold on one minute. It stinks in there. He's been dead for four days. If you have the King James Bible, it says that he stinketh. Now, watch what happens. Jesus is going to ask her a question. Verse 40, Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? Don't skip past verse 40 and its significance. You know what it takes to see the glory of God? Hey, listen to me, belief. It's good, isn't it? Do you know why nobody said amen? Amen because we've been hurt before. We've been dealing with things before. We've been let down before. And now you have some doubts. You know how hard it is to believe when your heart is filled with pain and hurt and fears of the past? Hey, listen, it's difficult to believe and trust again. But can I share something with you that I love so much? Did you know that God will still move in your unbelief God will still move in your unbelief if it causes you to deepen your belief. Do you notice the tenderness of Jesus towards her doubt? Listen, she's not believing it. She she ain't feeling it. I don't think that this is going to happen. And and in this moment, I watch Jesus and I watch what he does. He doesn't rebuke her. He he doesn't say, you know what? You blew it. You ruined it. You you were going to see something amazing. Your brother was going to come back to life. But no, you doubted. So I'm not doing it. That's not what he does. Listen to his words. He said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you'd see the glory of God? He asked a question, but notice she doesn't give a response. And even though she doesn't respond, listen, the story still goes on. Even though she's hesitant and still have her, has her doubts. I, I, I think she wants to believe. I, I mean, they, they've seen the healings of Jesus before. They've seen him raise people from the dead. They've been here before, but they've also been hurt before. Jesus, I needed you then and you weren't here Man, I want to believe that you can do it again, but God, I'm so scared of being hurt again. But here's the reality that needs to hit you today. If they don't move that stone, then nothing changes. Are you hearing me? If you don't move the stones, the stones that have been hiding all the pains and hurts from your life, then nothing changes. You can write this down and you can take it to the bank. If you change nothing, then nothing will change. If you change nothing in your life, then nothing's going to change. But Billy, hold on now. Well, what if it doesn't turn out the way that I want it to? What if it doesn't turn out the way that I have in my head and what what, what I really need to happen? What if it doesn't go my way? Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Do you know that when Paul says my grace is sufficient for you, you know what he's saying? Even if he doesn't change this, even if the outcome isn't what I want, or what I hope for, he's still going to be there to help me endure it. And it might be months, weeks, even years down the road, you're going to come to this place and you'll be able to say, I didn't understand it then. But as I kept pressing onward and upward, I can tell you here today that it was all for the glory of God. Verse 41, so he took away the stone. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. 
I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Interesting side note, by the way, if he came out wrapped like a mummy, then he probably hopped like a bunny. Cheesy, is it not? I'm here all week for jokes. Hey, for just a moment, I want us to take our eyes off of Lazarus. We've been watching a lot of him. We've been talking about Mary, but I want to focus on Mary and Martha for just a moment, and I want you to lean into this. These two ladies, they sat and they watched their brother struggle to breathe. They saw all the pain that he was going through, all the agony, all the hurt. They watched their little brother wither away and breathe his last breath. All the while, they were waiting and looking out a window, trying to figure out, where is Jesus? All of this is happening, and where is Jesus? Now, let me ask you a question here tonight, today. What do you think happens the moment Lazarus comes hopping out of that tomb? They watched him die. They watched him struggle. They watched their brother, a family member, breathe his last. They come and they go through all the funeral practices. They put him in the tomb. They have a funeral. And they're still carrying this weight that, man, I lost everything. And the one who could, didn't. But the question I want to pose to you this morning is what happens to all those moments and memories of sadness, brokenness, the heartbreak, the doubts, the fears, all the accusations against Jesus on whether or not he actually cares, whether or not he actually loves them, whether or not he is actually who he says he is. What happens to all those feelings and emotions when Lazarus comes out? They vanish, don't they? Just like that, they're all gone. You think, I think the problem is it's easy for us to think that it's possible for the people in the Bible but, but for you sitting here today, nothing like this could ever happen. Not, not to you. And we think this based on two reasons. I, I think we struggle because we can't comprehend how God would actually love us and care about us because we're not a good person. See, you believe that Christian, the Christian faith is essentially God has good things for good people. He loves the good folks, but people like you me man we can't get it together this must not be for us or we doubt because there's been an incredible dark moment in our lives and we can't comprehend how a good God could let something like that happen where was he it's the same question that Mary and Martha asked where were you had you been here this wouldn't have happened We struggle with this. Hey, I think that if you are here today and you're feeling this, I think today that you're probably in the same place that Mary and Martha were. You see, they came to a place where they had a decision to make. Listen to me. They could continue to to live with the pain, the hurt, 
the disappointment for the rest of their lives, or they can make a decision. Even though they don't know the outcome of what's going to happen or what might happen, they could let Jesus, the resurrection and the life, come into the dark places and spaces of their lives and let him bring life to death. And what they struggle with is what we struggle with. And I think there's some of you here like, Billy, I want that. And I want to so bad. I I want God to to move in my life. I want God to come in these places that I've kept covered up for so long. I, I want to. I want to so bad. But what happens if I trust him again and he lets me down? What if it doesn't work? Can I provoke you to a thought? What's the alternative? To play it safe? To keep the tomb closed? Ah, it is what it is. It's the way it's always been, so I guess I'm just going to live with this pain and this hurt and this struggle for the rest of my life. I I know someday when I get to heaven, everything's going to be different, but for now, this is just what I wanted to live with. Can we just be logical for just a moment? Why not respond to Jesus? Why not respond to Jesus? Why not put yourself out there? Listen, you are going to experience the pain and despair and the grief regardless. You might as well do it trusting in Jesus and walking with him and believing he can do what he said he could do. Hey, listen to me. Last quote. It would be a shame for God to want to do more in your life and you settle for less. I think the question that Jesus is stirring in our hearts this morning on this Easter morning is, what are the places and spaces in your life that you've avoided for so long? And he wants to bring life to death. I think for some of us, man, this might have been your first time in church in a long time. And you are so far from him because you've made some mistakes and you thought, man, there's no way that God could ever love me. But today through our text and through the word, you've realized that the heart of God is to bring you back to him. Hey, would you just step out there? God, I want to trust you again and I'm going to trust you again. I want to put you first in my life. Hey, maybe, can, can, we, mar- can we talk about marriage? Hey, there's some of us in here, our marriages aren't doing good. And we believe that, hey, this is the way it's always been. This is the way it's always going to be. Can I tell you that Jesus wants to resurrect those dead things? He wants to bring life to them. And you can try the essential oils. You can do all the Pinterest things you want. But listen, it comes through him. And maybe your kids are distant. Maybe they're far. Maybe they're not coming to church. Maybe they're not living right. Maybe they're not even doing right. Man, you're so broken and heavy-hearted about them. Billy, I've stepped out there. I've prayed prayers all my life for my kids, and they're still doing their own thing. Hey, keep praying. Keep stepping out there. God, I believe you're going to do something. God, I believe you're going to move. Hey, listen resurrection flows through Jesus and he brings life to dead things even though it might appear like those areas are done and finished and over with the lesson I believe we're learning here today is although it might appear to be over it's never really over not only is Jesus the resurrection meaning he secures our salvation but he is also the resurrection over your life meaning he can bring life to dead things in your life today hey maybe you've never had a relationship with him. You never placed your faith and trust in him. Hey, listen to me. You're a dead thing. And Jesus wants to bring you alive. He wants to give you life and give you life abundantly. So let me ask you today, what is God stirring you to? What is God kind of stirring in your, 
your feelings and your emotions. What is he calling you to? Hey, we're going to give you a chance to respond there at your chair, here at the invitation, at the altar. Hey, we want you to just be obedient. That's the only thing we ask. Even, even in her doubts, they still move the stone. And Jesus brought the resurrection power. Can I get you to stand with me?